All right, welcome to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. Uh, as it usually is, my name is Pierce, and as I usually do, I have Caroline with me again this week. Caroline, hello. Hey, hey. one and oh, let's go. One and oh, let's go. We don't have Paul this week because uh, most of this episode is a special interview with Grace Rayner of The Athletic to talk about uh, Clemson. So that's coming up very shortly. But uh, obviously, we want to run down this Duke win because uh, the Hoos did a lot of stuff we thought they would do. Uh, they forced turnovers, which obviously we anticipated and we're excited about. And as we all know, you, you got to, you know, force the other team to make mistakes and take care of the ball in order to win. You, it's like making shots. In basketball. Yeah, so I was going to say, you got to make shots. Got to make shots to and, win. And the Hoos made their shots. Um, but not without plenty of, you know, questions and growing pains and obviously some rust across even the ex- uh, experienced folks. But yeah. certainly, you know, your first start for Brennan Armstrong had its ups and downs. But uh, as our friend Jamie Oaks at 247 put it, it's a lot easier to review the notes and struggles after a win uh, than <laughs> it is after yes. a loss. Uh, and Brennan obviously doesn't let uh, things get to him. To, you know, he's got he that gamer, gunslinger yeah. mentality. Um, and and hopefully for more better than for worse. So like, you know, let's jump into a couple of things we want to get to about yeah. that Duke game before we get into the interview. What what really stuck out to you, Caroline, uh, in a surprising way maybe um, from that Duke oh, game? Man, it's tough to pick. One of the things I will uh, that I will say most surprising to me was the run game. Um, yeah. Just and part of that is you know looking at Duke and what they're doing defensively. It's not, you know, like you're going to face Clemson on Sunday or Saturday, whatever day. They're basically an NFL <laughs> team. Forgive me. Um, but, you know, you look at the way that Wayne Talapapa and the way that Shane Simpson, who's a um, grad transfer from Towson, I don't know what Wayne was doing in the la- over the last, like, seven months or whenever he was home. But my goodness, like, he was definitely doing his leg workouts because the way that he just, like, churned and picked up yardage after contact was, I think, beyond – and I thought he was good at that last year. You know, obviously you don't score 12 touchdowns, most of which come at the goal line um, without being able to kind of push through some of that contact. But just some of – like, some of his runs, I just was so impressed. And and a lot of that, I will 1 million percent give credit to the improved offensive line. Sure. Um, The way that they – performed I think was showing we had high I had high expectations for the offensive line because of yeah. the experience the returning players um and you know we talked a lot about their growth and how coach Mendenhall said that they're one of the best units that he's had or it is the best he as that he's had since coming to Virginia with regards to the offensive line um I'll just throw in what I really liked about Brennan mm-hmm. um there was a moment in I think late third quarter before right before they went on the 21 point run in the fourth quarter where you know they had that play overturned to the on the sidelines Lavelle Davis's big yeah. catch yeah. um the next play he you know finds Jana for 15 yards then gets sacked for nine mm-hmm. so it's you know first and 19 but then comes back with another huge play to the way that he just kind of he didn't let it's exactly what you said. He didn't let any of that stuff get to him. So like yeah. the resiliency of the offense of you have this emotion, you think you picked up the first down, you think you're trucking and moving into their territory to have it taken back and then like pick up whatever it yeah. is. I thought that was really promising um, because you got to be able to let some of that stuff slide. For off sure. For year. sure. And I mean, to have Clemson <laughs> as game number two, he's going to get punched in the mouth a lot, you know? Uh, so it'll be yeah. interesting to see if, if that sort of, moxie or whatever you want to call it doesn't yeah, just continue for him. Word, i think yeah. it's pretty easy to assume that that he's not gonna get down or shook 
uh, no matter what happens, which is obviously something you want in, in your quarterback. I totally agree with you about Talapapa in a surprising and awesome way. Yeah. Um, even in the first quarter, you know, I was like, gosh, I, I, I like the look of Shane Simpson more. Um, and not that yeah. you know, I, I, I've just, you know, I've never looked at Talapapa and been like, this is a strength, you know, and like yeah. they use him a lot as a goal line guy, but obviously Bryce Perkins was a strength in the running game last yes. year. And so you're sort of hoping, okay, well, you know, getting back to non-superhuman uh, running ability <laughs> from, from the quarterback, yes. what do we really have at running back? And Simpson looked great early on. Talapapa looked sort of standard and, and whatnot. And then in the second half, it, yeah. it like a dial just got turned up for him. And I was immediately eating crow to myself. <laughs> going, Seeing as we can't be in public and talking to anybody right, else. Right, right. And, and just going like, no, I mean, Talapapa is the real deal. Uh, what, just shy of six yards per carry? Yeah, obviously like, the, the O-line yeah. is, is better than we've had it in a long time. But because we all know Brennan is capable of running the ball but he's clearly mm -hmm. not Bryce Perkins and Duke's defense knows that you know so they are going to focus a little more on a more standard type of uh, running back responsibility and even despite of that uh, you know yep. the running backs and the O-line in conjunction yeah. were able to, were to really awesome. do whatever they wanted um, for, for most of the game for sure so yeah. really awesome to see and hopefully continues obviously Saturday but hopefully speaks to their ability to play you know against teams that are more in their level because uh, none of us anticipate UVA being right right at Clemson's level of talent yeah. and, and production I, also, I mean the run defense was great for sure Lavelle, Lavelle Davis Jr. was obviously fantastic like I absolutely love him I think we're gonna really get a lot of important mileage out of Tony Poljan um, these are all things that just really stood out to me and things that I, I think either I expected or out, you know, outpaced my expectations. The run defense was yeah. unbelievable. No, it's um, sort of hard to pick, you know, game balls uh, for, for the game, especially if you had to narrow it down to one, you know, that, that's a really <laughs> tough call. And as we like to do here, I think uh, we want to keep it sort of brief because our, our interview goes for quite a while. It's a great interview. I hope you all enjoy it. But before we get to it, we'll hand out uh, our three stars. There are only two of us. So maybe we can pick, um based on should we go a combined star first or third let's go well one i think should just go to kelly pew and the medical staff we should take a page out of Broncos okay book. well they already <laughs> did that, we that but now we only <laughs> get right, two fine. stars no it's fine you said it it's canon no. <laughs> because they wouldn't play without the way that they of course you know it was supported and and i really think that the coolest thing is that the team recognizes that too and publicly recognize it with letting her for break sure rock. no that was awesome very cool moment very very cool moment um and they gotta keep it up <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah I, that's I, I think what they're Bronco doing is, yeah the students have been on grounds uh, enough at this Month point that now? you can say like obviously you know UVA's football is doing something right that doesn't mean there isn't going to be an outbreak right. it doesn't mean that the things right. can be perfect but the, the evidence is continuing to pile up that of all the teams in the country you got to put UVA in the upper echelon of people yeah. who are handling this well um, and a lot of that has to do with the football staffs uh, work and keeping the, the the players accountable so no it's a it's a perfectly apt excellent first star star for us i'm just uh now we only have two <laughs> and i already said this was impossible so yes. now you have to go first and pick okay good your, um your... i'm gonna take lavelle davis four right. catches 101 yards two touchdowns um 
you know, he went up and, and made some really difficult catches. Uh, one, I think there was a miscommunication maybe in the routes because <laughs> Terrell Jana, I think it was, ended up over there with his defender as well. Um, but, yeah. you know, Lavelle comes down yeah, with it among, funny. Yeah. Yeah, among three Duke defenders and his own teammate. Um, the, we will probably see a lot of fades to the quarter of the t- end zone this year. So everyone get ready for that. But if it, <laughs> I mean, why would you not? He's six, seven and has good hands. Um, and just, this was the best performance out of a first year. Um, I mean, wide receiver, you could almost probably apply that to any offensive position. Certainly wide receiver. Certainly wide receiver. Time. I can't even think of, I think know, the answer what, is Billy McMullen. Yeah. Um, both statistically like McMullen's de- debut was, uh, similar, but also, uh, it sort of fits, uh, yeah. <laughs> with, with what so, we saw. So, I mean, and that's just to say, you know, you look at the, other wide receivers that Virginia has had that have been very successful in the last few years didn't get meaningful minutes as first years. Um, And so that's where like saying the debut and I'm not trying to put way too much on him about like, you know, what he will become or how important he'll be. But if the track record follows with the way that Marcus Higgins is developing wide receivers, I uh, am having a hard time maintaining like a cool calm exterior about <laughs> no i mean if he lives up to anything close to what billy mcmullen did <laughs> yeah, i mean it's gonna true, be yeah. <laughs> a huge huge deal yeah. um well before i guess my star we'll shout out a couple of the new faces uh, on the team it was cool to see like d'angelo amos came up yes. with a pick cool. um adiv atariwa atariwa I'm, I'm sure i butchered that but <laughs> i'm pretty um, sure you butchered you know there are a couple uh just it's it's nice to see sort of some plug and play into the depth there on the defense. Shane that, Simpson that oh, on really, the defense too, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I really liked what I saw from from Shane Simpson. Uh, Jameer Carter, true freshman, yeah, uh, he made was a great. couple big plays um, along the line, took up a lot of space. And before I get to my star, I, you got to shout out Brenton Nelson. Not a new face, but he had two interceptions and looked yeah. great back there uh, yes. in the secondary. But so pretty clear who I'm going with. I got to go with Zane Zendier, okay, <laughs> uh, who led the team in tackles, 15 tackles. Nice. And just, I mean, it's just so nice to have this like linebacker that looks like what people dream of when they think of linebackers <laughs> he's such such a stereotype in an excellent way um and he hits and, so yeah, hard he brings the havoc now obviously we've you know we've talked uh, through the years about maybe some plays that are over aggressive or uh, <laughs> sure. and, the, and he's collected some flags so you know so good so far so good this season obviously yeah. but but we love the aggressive nature overall for what it, for what it brings to the defense and uh, you know havoc is the word they use it's a little corny to me considering the vcu basketball rivalry <laughs> but it's not like vcu created that word havoc um no. so it, it is a, certainly an appropriate uh d- description of, of what uva tries to do particularly against duke every year so good times all around uh particularly once the the the, the lead started to stretch out and they weren't losing in the third quarter yeah. Uh, any longer so uh, a win in ACC play will obviously always take but certainly with a new quarterback um, it's nice to get off to a good start and off of a weird layoff with and, yeah and yeah. with Clemson uh, this Saturday not not looking like a W but you know UVA will give a, a puncher's chance or has a puncher's chance to, to give them a game for sure and that's a lot of what we get into uh, with Grace in this interview so uh, let's hit it all right, time for our special interview. Uh, Caroline, why don't you introduce our guests for the week? 
Yeah, super excited. Obviously, big game coming up this weekend, playing mm. number one Clemson at Clemson, which was on the schedule anyway, um, right? Uh, yeah. So it's not COVID's yes. fault. <laughs> this is not, this <laughs> one's not COVID's fault. I think a lot of people were like, can we not play Clemson now? Uh, didn't work out that way. Um, so unfortunately, a lot of us can't make that trip, but to help us preview the game, we have my good friend Grace Rayner from The Athletic, who covers Clemson so beautifully. Grace, how are you? Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good. Oh, what we are this? hanging in there. <laughs> We're like, a game. Yeah. We're 1-0. <laughs> so UVA actually got to play a football game, so we were that, Yeah, that is a win. That's a positive development. Yeah. Grace, how many, how many people are... Is allowed? Is allowed? How many people are allowed in Clemson Stadium for games right now? Like fan wise? Yeah. Um, like right at nineteen thousand. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> okay. So it Sometimes. came out to like twenty-three ish percent. Okay. We have oh, failed man. to eclipse that attendance mark. I feel for some <laughs> games. <laughs> not that not not recently, not recently. under yeah, Bronco, yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> there were all the jokes that would have landed a lot better definitely like six or seven years ago with with any sort of like attendance issues you're gonna be like no problem we're set (laughs) no we've really had to calibrate i think our self-deprecating humor uh, as far as the football team goes but anyway you're here to talk about clemson grace so we appreciate you stopping by and uh and giving us some of this uh insider knowledge i mean i you know really my first question is obviously this year is so weird for everyone and and it, it makes you forget last year like it seems so far away but with Clemson <laughs> losing uh, you know in that title game like that is that nothing stings worse than that right so so what were some of these I don't know uh, storylines for this team and and what have you seen in the early games for them that may have been answering some of these questions or some concerns about the Tigers sure yeah I mean I think that really even the second after Clemson lost that game that a lot of people knew they would be right back in the thick of it in 2020, just given the talent that they returned and then just the, the work they did on the recruiting trail was the best work of Dabo Sweeney's career. And so, you know, I think we're seeing now kind of the team that we thought that we would see. Trevor's back, obviously. Travis Etienne is back. Uh, they, had, they had some questions for sure. They had to replace four out of their five starters on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. But these guys so far have come in and been pretty seamless. And then, Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah you perk up and you're like oh they did oh they're all also five stars okay cool right they're all I know I looked up a stat the other day and it was like all of all four of Clemson's backups that are now starters had still come into this season having played a combined over a combined 1,000 career snaps like oh my they gosh. were reserves that's what but, happens when you blow people out so much right. that you get like yeah. some run in the fourth right. quarter so uh. they're, they're quote new but not yeah. really um <laughs> So yeah, I mean, they're just, they're exactly the team I thought they would be. And then defensively, I think there were a lot of questions about, you know, Isaiah Simmons is gone and the secondary is is losing a lot of pieces, but I don't ever really question Brent Venables anymore. Like I just, <laughs> I just kind <laughs> of assume he'll like, he'll figure it out. You know, that's just kind of what he does. It's like the Tony Bennett of football when it comes to like <laughs> defensive performance. You're like, he lost a lot of pieces. I think this might be the, oh no, no, oh, look at no. that. Now there's still <laughs> in the country. Okay, cool, cool, cool. 
<laughs> cool, cool. Did they get hit much with any opt out, opt opt outs, or you know any extra ops dis- out, ops opting <laughs> out? Of, yeah, I don't know what the. I'll have to like we have to create like a co- time of COVID like style yeah. guidelines for um, all these things. But any players that you expected to see this year that you're not, whether it's because of you know, opt-outs or, I think that's right, opt-outs or <laughs> injuries that came up early in the season or anything like that. So Clemson had no opt-outs. And, and that was something that, that Dabo has kind of said they got together in June and he had said, look, like you guys don't have to be here. Everyone's scholarship is, is set. You know, you're not going to lose your scholarship if you don't want to play. Um, no one's forced to be here. And yeah. every single player opted in. Um, the one, there is one that I expected to see, or actually there's two, um, Xavier Thomas defensive end. He got coronavirus, um, this spring and then got strep throat afterwards. And so it's been a really long journey for him to kind of work his way back physically. And so, um, we have not seen him this season yet. And then Justin Foster, the other projected starting defensive end has been in what Dabo has just said protocol. So, uh, we haven't, we haven't seen him yet either. So can you tell us about some of um, maybe new faces besides those obvious Heisman contending stars that, that will be, uh, you know, the future Heisman contending stars. That the we'll ones we'll hear about next year. As Saturday. Yeah, I think the, the two biggest, just given A, how talented they are, but B, because this, this defensive line has had um, some injuries and, you know, Tyler Davis, the, the tackle had a, a knee injury. So we've seen a lot of, uh, Brian Brzee, the, the freshman defensive tackle, and Miles Murphy, the freshman defensive end. Um, both of them are five stars, top 10 <laughs> nationally. Um, you know, there's a, there's a select group of players that Dabo kind of reserves for what he calls, you know, either um, like no assembly out of the box or just add water, you know, whatever, yeah, you, what, yeah. whatever you want to say. Oh that. my God, <laughs> that's amazing. So they're not Ikea projects. They're no, like... they're not. They come fully assembled, um, <laughs> ready to roll. Like you don't need to buy the insurance. Like you're going to be fine. No Apple care needed for these <laughs> yeah, guys. They don't need the Apple care. <laughs> so yeah, I would say watch those two guys. They're, uh, they're very talented and you'll see, you'll see a lot of them on Saturday. So you see like last year, it's hard not to, it's a weird feeling like looking back at Virginia season last year, which was no question a huge success for, for Virginia. And I'm not saying that even like condescendingly or self-depreciating about it because, you know, going for like the progression that Virginia fans have seen, obviously ending with a big punch in the mouth against Clemson 62-17 um, against a team that again went on to the national championship game, but then following it up with the, I thought ex- excellently played orange bowl game against Florida. Um, should fan like I think the spread's like 29 points like should Virginia fans think that they can get inside that and, and the, oh gosh it's really hard to ask questions so I don't want to be a jerk and be like any football anything can happen in football Clemson sure. has lost games like you know the pit super weapon has taken them down they had a close game with Carolina last year like it's not none of these things are impossible Virginia fans know better than anyone else in the world that literally <laughs> anything can happen that's why you play the game um when we're looking at this <laughs> when we're looking at this like what do you see, you know, kind of comparing, you know, Virginia's gotten good play out of their offensive line. Well, we've seen them in one game, but expected better offensive play versus, you know, you've seen some injuries on the defensive line for Clemson and um, the defense for Virginia. But does that matter when you, you know, how are you, 
ATN's a little bit better running than Duke's offense. Like, so how do you see right. this when it comes to can do you see this Virginia team keeping it closer? Is probably the best way of asking sure. that very long question. You got there eventually, though. <laughs> yeah, I got it. You're good. all the way around. A lot of You're thoughts good. going on. Had a lot of coffee, you know. Oh man, there's no such thing as too much coffee. Um, I think that uh, if the final score is not indicative of what the line is it's probably going to be and I also don't want to sound like a jerk here but it's probably going to be because Clemson's backups got some really meaningful work I mean there's a noticeable drop-off I will say between Clemson's first and second team on offense their second team defense has done some good stuff their second team offensive line has a lot of question marks um and so I think that you know Clemson wants to get these guys experienced and start to build some depth and, and that's how they do it is they play them um so I think there's a chance that maybe if, if it goes that route and they have a comfortable lead that maybe the final score will maybe make it look a little more competitive than it was. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, w- I would say you gotta, you gotta maybe cash in on the back. It, it doesn't sound like a jerk to speak the truth about what's probably going <laughs> to happen. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but Clemson's second offense didn't score against Wake, right? And they played significant amount of time in that they game. They didn't score against the Citadel. Um, oh, the Citadel. Well, even, even still. Yeah. That, it was bad. I mean, yeah, yeah. that was, I That's think that worse. raised a lot of questions. Oops, sorry. Yeah, it did. I mean, it, uh, I mean, now I will say DJ Uyunglele, the, the backup quarterback, he had two touchdowns on the ground, but he had the first team offensive line gotcha. blocking for him. So once they, once they, what Dabo calls wholesale subbed, mm. um, they did not score in the second half. So in this hypothetical dreamland where UVA keeps it close or, or, or pulls off the upset, uh, really, I just mean, if you're going to point at something, what is the best way to attack Clemson on either side of the ball? What is a potential weakness, even if it's just a B plus instead of a solid A <laughs> unit? That's a, uh, that one's tough because, I mean, granted, it's still early. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you look at Carolina last year when they stayed in it, um, Trevor didn't play very well. Travis mm-hmm. Etienne had one of the worst games in his career. You know, Dabo really got after him after that one, it was, it was not a good day for him. And so I think that it's one of those deals where to, when the gap is this big between Clemson and everyone else in the ACC that is currently not named Notre Dame, um, Mm -hmm. you kind of have to like, everything has to go right for you and everything has to go wrong for them. So I don't know. The Hoos are adept at playing aggressive, you know, particularly on defense, right? And so if you're saying, okay, well, the only way this happens is if we force turnovers and then take care of the ball on our end, which is every football preview ever. (laughs) Yeah, right. We win the turnover battle. (laughs) At the very least, UVA is good at forcing turnovers. And so, you know, maybe those breaks are a little more likely to to potentially happen. But I don't know about taking care of the ball on our end with – a young QB, certainly a, a more experienced O line than we've had in recent memory, and and some plenty, plenty scholarship of running backs, six seven wide receiver that you can chuck it up to. So there's only two as, scholarship running backs yeah. right now. Yeah, <laughs> Ronnie, Walker, Ronnie Walker Jr. didn't get the waiver apply um, ah. uh, approved. Um, it, I mean, it was just kind of like they. I think they one of the guys got hurt. Um, and so they, two, you know, they, they transferred. Yeah, they had uh, a loss of the like depth there. I will say, like Wayne Tallapapa okay. last week was probably one of the 
bright spots for me just because his legs did not stop moving. I thought the refs last week, I guess, you know, this is way too Duke centric, but they let the pile move last week. Like they really did. They were like, let's just see what happens here. And there were times where I was like, okay, they're going to blow it dead. And they didn't blow it dead. And they're just like, oh, they're just going to keep letting them go. Okay. Oh, he just, oh, okay. Okay, cool. Um, so it was kind of like hard to really tell what stuff was, would transfer over to the next week. But um speaking of six seven wide receivers how tall yeah. are clemson's corners <laughs> so Lavelle not- davis jr obviously <laughs> and then yeah. there's also tony Poljan, um who's six seven who's a tight end um how, do you like obviously again this they'd have to play the best games of their lives but do you see that creating so any sort of wrinkles for clemson defensively just having two guys like that to defend especially lavelle davis is young um but where Tony has more experience as a grad transfer, but what, what kind of problems could that cause? Yeah, this was a big topic at Clemson this week was, I mean, I think we all saw all the tape, like Lavelle Davis Jr. was a huge bright spot for Virginia on Saturday. And um, I mean, Brent Venables was going over some of the the catches that he had and was just, you know, I mean, he's, he's going to be, he's a problem. He's going to be a problem, I think down the stretch. And I think what I'm the most curious about is this will be the first time that we're actually getting a look at, Clemson's cornerbacks rooms like in full um like full go you know uh, Mario Goodrich uh has been injured and he didn't play the first two games and he was competing for a starting spot so he'll be he'll be back and then Darian Kendrick the the best corner on their team did not play against Wake Forest for what Brent Venables said was disciplinary reasons and so I'm curious because it's like you're right they've got this six seven wide receiver I mean they're I think they're both six one and so just from a matchup standpoint, you're curious. And then, you know, this is the first real look that we're, we're going to get at them in, at full capacity. So that's probably what I'm the most excited to see because I just kept watching some of those clips over and over again. I was like, how did he? Yeah, <laughs> that was, there's, I also am wondering, you know, like the wake game maybe looks differently now that we've seen the NC state wake game. And then from there, the Virginia tech NC state game, and then having the Citadel. Yes. Clemson is really good. Is there any questions that you might have like based on performance against yeah, this sure. this is going to be the best team that they've faced so far, right. I think, in my right. mind. You're allowed to say Wake um, and the Citadel aren't good. Is there any? <laughs> They're not good. I'm always like, they play two Citadel bad teams. Listening. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the Citadel person listening gets their feelings hurt. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like this is the best team that they're going to play, and it's one that comes in with literally nothing to lose, right. and this feeling of wanting to prove themselves after the how last year went. Like, does that add any element yeah. to this game that maybe something like weird could happen? I mean, I think anything can. We call. We, that's why I think we love college football is because it's just yeah. inherently weird. Um, True. But I'm with you. Like this will be. Um, it's just it's hard to really glean anything of super substance after these first two weeks with Clemson because you know you look at Trevor's stat line and he's as accurate as he's ever been before. But he, I mean, he threw he had like nine pass attempts against the Citadel. He was eight of nine. Yeah. And his, day, his day was done. You know. Yeah. Um. So that I, I think that yeah, I think you're right that this is this is the most formidable opponent they've seen so far. I think it'll be a good um, a good way to get a gauge on Clemson going into Miami the week yeah. afterwards. I can't um, wait for that game. Oh my that god. That game I think is gonna be really good too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it is hard to you know, when Trevor Lawrence is a play in the second half, it's it's yeah. Hard yeah. 
been giving him this false sense of security. You know? <laughs> it's kind of hard to know. Well, and Brent Venables even said um, on uh, whatever day it was, I, I don't ever know what day it is. Oh, <laughs> today is March. Like, I think, I don't right. I think it was Monday. He, had, he was basically saying, you know, um, he, I had asked him if he had learned anything about his defense through these first two weeks that he didn't already know. And he was saying, you know, we're still trying to kind of figure out our identity as a defense. You know, he's, I don't really know what that is yet, which I thought was, was interesting because he's kind of, to me, I took that as being in the same boat. You know, we're two weeks in. It's, it's kind of hard to make sweeping generalizations at this point. Yeah. It does seem like UVA, you know, obviously they're never going to match up with the speed that, that Clemson has um, on, on either side of the ball, really. But, you know, that comes with, like you said, recruiting five-star pick, you know, plug-and-play guys. So going back to taking care of the ball for Virginia, I mean, they're never going to, you know, outpace these linebackers. Like, that's not Telepapa's game. You know, it's not other than, I don't know, maybe we do have a shifty slot guy, Billy Kemp, you know. I love how we have a guy's 5'8 and a guy's 6'7. Guy. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And that will yeah. line up on the same. Like. Yeah, I love that so much. But Clemson's going to be, you know, very easy to keep people in front of them. Uh, I just wonder how aggressive you see that defense coming out. Uh, is is that something maybe that Clemson likes to do in general under Bettables? Is it, is it a um, – trying to see what I'm getting at like really an aggressive defense or one that lets the game just unfold in front of them and they've got better guys so they're probably going to win the matchup I think both I mean Venables is aggressive chaotic he he loves to blitz um he but he's he's incredibly good at adapting to which is what I think makes him both to his own personnel and and what he's seeing Mm -hmm. um and then I think that you look at this Clemson defense and it's kind of a mix of like these super fast, talented five stars, like right out of the gate. And then these guys that Clemson has really brought a lot, the, the James Skowskis, you know, the ones that they've developed. Yeah. And so you have this mix of um, like athleticism plus development, plus a coordinator who's like going nuts on the sideline at any, yeah, any given yeah. moment. I mean, so yeah, I think that um, they will – you know, do what they do and, and kind of try to dictate it as they will, but then adjust as necessary. Um, Dabo called, I think it was Dabo that called Brendan Armstrong, a young Steve Young, which is a weird like way to phrase. Yeah, I mean, he just like, look <laughs> like a young Steve Young. Yeah. That's what I mean. Sorry. <laughs> just literally looked like he thought they yeah. were similar in features. Um, no, they don't look alike. Um, but you know, obviously that's way ahead of, Virginia fans aren't even saying stuff like this, like, but when, how does it benefit Virginia? I mean, this is kind of an obvious, but like this guy's new lefty, more of a slinger than Bryce, but can run a little bit better and does have the benefit of this improved experienced offensive line. How do you approach a quarterback like Brennan when you have one game of film on him? um, And you know, these question marks about slightly different style, but kind of, but fits into the same offense that Virginia liked to run last year with Perkins yeah I mean Venables was very complimentary of him this week and said he really thought that he stepped up and and made plays when he needed to and so and and then he was also very complimentary of the offensive line he said he thinks that it is the most and you guys would know this better than me he Venables thought it was the most experienced returning group in the country is that does that sound right it sounds about right and it's definitely it's light years ahead of 
where it felt like we were joking before not joking around any COVID stuff feels insensitive but when the guidelines came out about how many players you'd need per position group and it said like seven linemen offensive linemen one of our guys was like whoa we didn't even have that last year like <laughs> right you know like having like seven guys ready to play um so this feels like even from like middle of the season last year to where they are now is an unbelievable jump just because of the injuries or you know people that they missed last year so yeah the, that sounds about right yeah I yeah I mean I I'm excited to just kind of see because you know against Wake Forest there were there were definitely some some breakdowns in the secondary and if if um uh the, if Virginia's gonna sling it you know like that's I would say if Clemson has a quote question mark <laughs> on defense <laughs> um I do kind of want to I I, I want to see more from the secondary so I hope that on both sides we get a little bit of that awesome, That'd be awesome. well I do have um, a lot of questions about another... um well you, you have another one about the UVA Clemson game darns because yeah, I just get one into... more because yeah. the uh <laughs> I don't know anything about Clemson special teams because I feel like we never see them ah. um so how confident is Dabo and like or in the punting and field goal kicking and then also like punt returning um you know those units like is there is there anywhere in there that virginia could try and exploit any sort of weakness do Mostly they because they, yeah do they ever <laughs> see the field like you know is it just like oh, someone funny. that they're like uh you're the punter today like if we need <laughs> right. you you're gonna go out there like that kind of thing so clemson's punter is is very experienced he's been there since 20 he's been a starter since 2017 and wow. um he's had his inconsistencies for sure but mm-hmm. um this is, he's very much grown into this role. And I think he is probably playing the best of his career right now. And then I'm kind of with you guys, like after we saw Clemson put up 49 on the Citadel in the first half, and then things started breaking down with the backups, they tried him out there. And I was like, Oh, I, uh, <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello, Will Spires. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're pretty solid across the board. Their kicker, BT Potter, he was inconsistent in 2019, um, had some issues with, just it was a thing where he would just drill the long ones and then I don't know if he got in his head on the short ones but it yeah. was there was a thing after Florida State he missed a 24 yarder it was just it was not good Dabo benched him for a little bit but <laughs> BT seems to be I mean so far he's been incredibly consistent and then you know Clemson now since in the first two weeks they've taken so many such a large lead on these people that we've seen them they're kind of, it looks like they're kind of experimenting too with their, their punt return. Yeah. You know, I mean, Amari Rogers and Darian Kendrick are the first two, but you know, they put out Will Sweeney, Dabo's son in there. I mean, they're just got, they're getting a lot of guys, uh, different, different work back there, but, um, that's a long way of saying, uh, solid across the board using some of these <laughs> yeah. second halves to create depth. Gotcha. So I'm curious about uh, covering Clemson in general and things about the program. Um, the, the, I know we want to pick your brain about while, while we have you. Uh, the first off, like this Clemson program's ascendance in, in the ACC has been so interesting for a bunch of reasons, but really because it's in the ACC and not the mm-hmm. SEC, it's a, a bit of a unique you know place to be for them, but also how they've been able to do it to me so quickly and it, it wasn't that Clemson was bad but it just seemed to to really jump up to national title contender and obviously hold on to that level of play and recruiting so I guess my first question is in general how is Dabo able to pull off what essentially is Alabama in in the ACC as far as a football program goes sure yeah I mean I think that Dabo has been 
very intentional about culture and mm -hmm. you know what he thought about culture and when he got the job in 2009 is is this still, he's still the same guy in 2020 um but you know i think now we we joke about it on the beat like it seems like every other year you know we go to the signing day press conference and we're all talking about the next generational quarterback and it's like <laughs> generational has now just become you know every 18 months you know yeah don trevor dj you know so I think it's just been a balance of they are getting the five stars. They are crushing on the recruiting trail. But there's also something about this staff that just evaluates really well. And they kind of find the diamonds in the rough. The Isaiah Simmons, who are three stars, but who they knew yeah. were, were going to make yeah. something out of this guy, you know. And I think that combination has just been so lethal for Clemson because when you've got evaluation that's unique, development that's unique, and then you get the, the five stars – you're in a conference that, you know, really is wide open for you to, for you to dominate. <laughs> I mean, it's just the perfect formula for them yeah. is there. Easy over there in the Atlantic, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you, you can't handle the coastal. coastal I miss the coastal so dealt. much. Uh, I, the coastal is like one of the greatest things I've ever experienced in my life. The, yeah, the fact that Ray come, but we're the best, like, it's, cause best. it's just wacky. Like it you is. never know what's going to happen. It, it'll <laughs> never be the same without the Raycom noon games though. Like the, 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 the high school AV club camera work, <laughs> the, you know, I mean, anyway, um, but to me, it's a little bit like Clemson football has some of that Kentucky basketball to it now. Um, but I'll say with more success. Um, and, it, you know, now you point to all those things that, that Dabba's been able to do for, for a decade. But now they can go, oh, and look at our NFL pedigree as sure. well, too. And obviously, that's what Calipari does at Kentucky basketball. So I think it's it's. I feel even stronger about Clemson football than I do Kentucky basketball because they've been able to show they can take that step of talent and recruiting and keep having that same success and not run into like weird, I don't know, drama problems or whatever you would blame it on chemistry, et cetera, uh, for the basketball comparison. I, I don't see how it stops being a juggernaut ever. Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the biggest. Unless Dabo leaves or something, you know. Right. And honestly, mean, where would you go at this point? Like, I look at that and that's one of those things like, there's no way, I, I don't know. I mean, this is open for debate, I guess, for people. Like, would an SDC school, that's not, I mean, I don't even know if you'd leave a school like Clemson with what you've built to go to like an Alabama. Like, what's the point? Like, you've, yeah, like, I just don't know. It's kind of like when people talk, like, if Tony Bennett leaves Virginia, to me, it's going to be the NBA. Yeah. Like, if Dabo yeah. leaves college, like leaves Clemson, it's going to be for the NFL. Like, I just don't see the way, the way that you can build up a power program and the ACC with the resources you have. And then also the competition, even though like in football, like the competition isn't where we expect it to be right now, but there's still, you know, power five, there's still some better teams. Like, um, and we'll get into a little bit, like what you think of some of the teams this year, but I just don't see why, like, people we were like, oh, he's going to go to, like, when everyone was talking about Tony Bennett to UCLA, we were like, why? why? Can mm -hmm. you imagine Tony Bennett in LA? Like, that sounds like a In nightmare. LA? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Is that something that gets kicked around at all? Like, are, you know, you're the insiders or just the people in tune with, with the program? Do Is there scuttlebutt about Davo feeling about the NFL one way or the other? I don't get that sense. I mean, he mm -hmm. he's always been very open about, he loves his job. He's happy where he is, you know, 
be, be good where your feet are. He has always, I guess, left the door open. I mean, he, sure. he, he says never say never. Of course. Um, and that's the same with the Alabama conversation. And I think it's important to, you know, note that his, his contract, the Alabama clause, the, the buyout is larger for Alabama. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's yeah. I mean, it was, um, huh. yeah, his, the, I think it's, I have to get the exact numbers, but yeah, it's, there's a specific clause in there. Like if he leaves for Alabama, um, his buyout. That's, is unbel- more. that's brilliant. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that's like, you know, and when we asked Clemson about it, you know, they quipped, well, that's just because you guys, the media is always speculating, yeah. but I'm like, I don't think you're making multi-million dollar decisions. Yeah. Always yeah. the media's <laughs> fault, Grace. Duh. <laughs> don't ask questions. Just take what they say. Right. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, he, he's done every, he's, he's built such a, like you said, such a juggernaut at Clemson that, um, he certainly has everything that he could want at Clemson and he's reached the pinnacle of all pinnacles. So I, I, I don't really, I don't really know what's in his head. That's kind of for him to decide. If he were doing this at, um, not Alabama, but pretty much anybody else other than them, or I guess at this point, LSU, if he were doing this at, Kentucky or Vandy or you know even up to like Georgia um would that be a sort of a different answer than doing it at Clemson who is sort of at the the mountaintop of a lesser football conference I think yeah I mean I think that's well that's the biggest knock on Clemson every year once Mm. the playoff conversations come around is like their schedule is they, they don't play anyone super competitive and the committee itself I mean last year like Clemson fans were furious when, when Clemson opened at five, but that was the committee kind of saying, we need to see you play some upper teams. So, but I don't, the thing is, I think that the counter to that argument is that Dabo has been so successful against the SEC. Right. Yeah. And he's been so successful against Ohio state. You know, he's, you know, you can't necessarily fault them for crushing the teams they're supposed to crush, but when it comes time for them to go to head to head with the, with the big guys, they're, they're holding their own. Yeah. The other thing too is like when the way that scheduling is built right now is so stupid. Like you know, you play like and you schedule years. Yeah, yeah, you schedule like a Texas A and M when they're top five or yeah. whatever it is, and then seventeen years from now when you actually play them. <laughs> like literally seventeen years. <laughs> <laughs> like then, like twenty thirty seven. Like you're looking at, you know, a couple of years ago they were saying like, oh, they're just playing so and so. And I was like, well, they scheduled an SEC team that was XYZ record at the point when they scheduled the home and home. Like you can't right. really hold that against Clemson in this in the I wonder too if like this whole year is going to change how how some we schedule. Of this, yeah. Mm. I hope so. Look how we, Look how easy, quote unquote, easy it's been for people to like be change the games yeah. and sure. basically sending you up texts to like the other <laughs> athletic directors, like hey, yeah, are you around this weekend, right? Um, Want to get together? <laughs> you got time? So I'm curious how that because I, I think Please it's stop a- this metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the scheduling thing changes too. It's just. Uh, it's weird, you know, and you're right. Like we've had to be more flexible than ever in 2020. And, you know, even in, in 2021 Clemson, you know, in this calendar year scheduled Georgia, you know, and that's for a matchup that's a year from now, like to set, I mean, 17 years from now just seems so <laughs> insane. Like it's nuts. we were in like middle school, you know, yeah. can you imagine being like 17 years from now, I'm going to work this job. 
there are potentially players that aren't born yet that are going to play in some of these games. You know what I mean? Like for sure. I just did the math what I was doing 17 years uh, ago, <laughs> and it unfortunately was much older than middle school. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was at UVA actually, <laughs> which means Caroline. Shut so up. were you? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> but I mean, that is like you. You look at when they're scheduling these things. I kind of this whole idea of like no. As much as I love the coastal with my whole heart, um, this idea of no divisions is also kind of yeah. fun when you can like change it up it. and play teams that you don't sure. normally play i one of my favorite side stories of this entire season is nc state having to play like the entire literally the, the entire, entire coastal, coastal. <laughs> yes um because of all the trash they've talked about how good they'd be in the coastal and it's really stinks for them because this team isn't that great this year mm-hmm. um because right, so it's nc state yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if they're just gonna get stomped by every coastal team and then for, if they go back to divisions now all the coastal teams can just be like oh yeah you want to come play in the coastal <laughs> are you sure and we'll be like damn it now, the best divisions for the acc would be old acc and new acc at this point because they're so big because it's not just the the timeline and that amusing nature but as my friend described it it's polo shirt acc and jersey acc (laughs) (laughs) where there are little examples that get away from you there but overall (laughs) that's amazing that would be amazing wine and cheese acc (laughs) yeah White Claw ACC. I don't know. Hell yeah. Um, yeah You're that's, in both. The new, that's like it's the okay. new that's like the new Zima. Um, right, yeah. which like tech fans have been like, Yeah, go enjoy your white claws, your tailgates. I'm like, I will. Yeah. I am enjoying sure. the hell out of that. Why I would, would love I not to drink? tailgate? <laughs> As if there are no white claws in Blacksburg. Yeah. Um, so when you look at what is your top four, let's go four for the ACC this year. Like who are, who are your teams that you're like, ooh, that you think maybe could be a fun game against Clemson? Oh, on Clemson's schedule specifically? Uh, well, let's just do full ACC. Like who um, they might end up playing, I guess, in the sure. championship game. Let's go. That's probably how it's going to happen. Top four, I would, well, Clemson one, I would say Notre Dame two, Miami three. Both of them are on their schedule. And then I think I'd probably put North Carolina at four. Yeah. Um, I think everyone would love to have seen a rematch of that game. And I think Carolina probably is the one that got the short end of the stick with this no divisions thing, because I think they would have made a case to, to be in that championship game. Whereas now it's probably going to be Notre Dame, but um, yeah, I would say that's probably my top four. That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that Carolina kind of. I mean, not that the I ACC have a ton of like sadness made a decision Carolina. that didn't favor UNC. So shocking, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> they probably were like, actually, Miami would have won it. Let's just do it. Like, <laughs> we're gonna do this, but we're just gonna put UNC in the title game no matter what happens. We all know it. Yeah, we all know <laughs> that would have been more like I, it's yet to come. Maybe they will. Yeah, so. when when games start, who is your who do you think is the worst team in the ACC right now? <laughs> Let's go the other way. I mean, I'm inclined to, I'm inclined to say Duke. Uh, like, I, I mean, Maybe. they have some, pick. they have some Pet major <laughs> issues. <laughs> 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 I mean, well, I don't know if they're the worst. I mean, they've got some, they've got some major issues with turnovers. They have to to clean up. Um, 
I don't really remember what my expectations were for Florida State, but I don't think it was this. Probably, pr- probably pretty low, and yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yet, they and, oh, I mean, I think I picked Georgia Tech to finish last, and yet. Yeah, um, and yet. So I need to get a better look at Syracuse. I know I'm not answering your question. I no, don't this know. is all good. Like, this is What fine. do you got? Exactly. What's you alls cellar dweller? Any of the ones that you may have mentioned i think are all legitimate options no, um, i definitely bounce around i mean we do our yeah. power ranking article i don't even remember who i had in the bottom. every week it's like who was more embarrassed <laughs> this week i think is the way i think i might have put florida state last this week yeah. because you just got a 50 burger dropped on you by your rival they've got some um, issues for sure that was like the i didn't realize that was the most either team had scored in that rivalry ever wow yeah that is that's insane like that's like that's problematic i really am trying hard not to get too far on the miami bandwagon just Mm -hmm. because like the the joke is the u is back or texas is back for a reason like you know they back they back um but man it really feels like they're close to being back the way that like Derek king is incredible um I just I, and they don't even have who's that Rousseau? Remember that guy from the defensive line? Oh yeah, remember God, that guy? he was a nightmare, and he's yeah. not even playing. <laughs> yeah, that's I a just, really good point. <laughs> I have flashbacks about him tackling Bryce. Like I can only imagine. Like, <laughs> um, but it was him and that guy for Notre Dame. Those two probably had the best like or, uh, defensive performance. I think I'm saying that right. Anyway. Yeah, he was unreal like he won notre dame that game i think well he's on the um, detroit lions now so it'll be the last you hear of grace i'm a big detroit lions fan so this, oh, this is his cross to bear i will say um I, I my vote for the tanking for trevor slap mine is i saw i think it was my friend alex kirshner former sb nation that said abhorrence for lawrence which i think oh, is a fun one. yeah i really like that one um but is i also it, have a <laughs> Is it going to be the Jets? Is that where that seems to be the common? Uh... I don't know who it's going to be, but I am like here for the memes and like <laughs> I think Twitter is kind of one of the worst places ever, except yeah. for when the country is rallying around being miserable and wanting the same thing. <laughs> Like, poor, the it. looks on Joe Burrow's face, like the people, like the memes I've seen about him, where he's like, "Mom, come pick me up. We lost. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. Like, what have I done? Like, can I go back to Batman? Can I go back? Lawrence yeah. for Lawrence is the best one I've heard. For yeah, sure. yeah, that's my that's my favorite. Yeah, but. that's a really good one. I mean, that like just shows how extensive the vocabulary is. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so perfect. I guess should we make her pick the game? it's up to you let's do it what's your what's your as close to a score prediction as you have for as i have (laughs) um like how long is trevor you have to use real numbers you can't say (laughs) 11 billion right 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 i gotta use real numbers okay um (laughs) all right so clemson put up 49 on the citadel um in a half yep (laughs) in a half uh they put up 37 against wake forest okay i'm gonna say 42 um 42 17 that's kind of that's unreasonable i'll take it 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going, when you were trying to pick Virginia's, I was like, mine's like 17. So I don't know. I don't Perfect. Think we'll yeah. Two touchdowns yeah. and field goal. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to get any closer than that. And honestly, I don't think I, if, you know, if we're making our picks, I can't go that close just because we, we don't have Bryce Perkins. I know the defense is great, um, but you know, the defense was pretty strong and it's still the same guys who played, you know, like Bryce Hall isn't back to be, you know, an all American corner or anything. So obviously they're, better, they're yeah, healthy was, and have some depth, but I, f- I feel like the one reason it might not be even as close as the weight game was is because Virginia is better. So Clemson knows that and will be, I don't know, you know, maybe we'll trying harder, you know? Yeah. yeah and bringing sure. their a game and for longer in the game. So I, if it were the exact same score as the championship game, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I don't think it's curious. Gonna, I, how's UVA going to score? Feeling, I just How's, have a feeling it's not going to be. Yeah. Lavelle Davis Jr. Duh. He's going to have 17 touchdowns. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> uh, no, I just have a hard time. Like I do think that the defense is in a stronger, much stronger position than they were that at that point of the season last year, that the defense, like all those injuries and all those issues that kept coming, like, and yes, a lot mm-hmm. of them are the same guys, but I think just a lot of them have more experience now and are that like just healthier. Like you can rely more the linebacking core outside of, Outside of Clemson, I said that they might even have. I might vote for them as like the best solid group of linebacking core. Just when you have like Zane Zandier and Charles Snowden, sure. and, um, Noah Taylor, and and um, Nick Jackson, like the way that they all played, especially that mm-hmm. I thought the conditioning was the conditioning that Virginia had the first week was better than I expected after the se- the off season that sure. existed. So I, I think I think I'm close to what Grace said. I think like high 30s, low 40s, and then like 14 to 17 for Virginia. I did want to ask y'all about Noah Taylor specifically and like how because Clemson seems to think that they're or not seems to think like Clemson watched the tape and and saw that they seem to be using him you know kind of all over the place and when Clemson was talking about him this weekend or this week it kind of reminded me of the way teams last year talked about Isaiah Simmons you know just plug him in anywhere like do you guys get the sense that he's being used a little bit differently He's a different type of player than Simmons somewhat although I guess yeah has that sort of multi-tool ability um he it and, and it's because he's fast enough to drop into coverage and they're fine with that but he's huge he's <laughs> you know so long, long. so he's even long yeah tall and, i think you just have part of the versatility comes from this like like pierce said the speed but also match that length so if he does if they're running different schemes or different blitzes like one of my favorite things about this defense is like the creativity with blitzes like I just it just makes me so happy inside like I just love it and so you'll see all these different motions and things so you don't know what to expect from him so like there might be a time where they're showing that you think he's gonna blitz but with the being I think he's also six seven like I don't know what's happening like on this roster but like when he's able it's to like fsu back. basketball yeah, you're just bringing a bunch of seven. six seven guys and three <laughs> places I don't, is swoboda the tackle yeah guard is he guard again I think oh he good like question something no, else yeah, like yeah. last year but um he's also i think six seven or six six but anyway like when if he decides if the coverage is different than what you think it's going to be when you line up he has the ability to like either deflect passes or he has intercepted like against virginia tech he had a huge interception late that like way back so many, you know like yeah way back like he can dr- like 15 drop so, yeah, coverage yeah. And, mm. but even across the middle that's where i'm more the most concerned about the defense right now is is that middle they got eaten up a little bit by um by 
Duke in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously they're going to look at that stuff and make adjustments. And Chase Bryce, despite his issues, like is not a terrible quarterback or else he right. wouldn't have been dra- like <laughs> recruited by Clemson, but there's yeah. also a reason why he transferred from Clemson. So, right. um, so yeah, I'm curious, all those things like, no, Taylor's one of my favorite players to watch. Like he's just delightful. So yeah. Yeah. He was a hot topic at Clemson this week, which is why I asked. Cause I think that that that's going to be interesting and yeah just over the middle I think Clemson has become more effective because now they have a, a tight end that's actually really involved in the passing no. game <laughs> for, the, for the first time in a long time so um a friend yeah. of the pod a friend of everyone here Lauren Brownlow last week after we recorded our Duke podcast texted me and was like does Virginia have like a are they susceptible like tight ends I can't remember like I feel like that's a thing but maybe it's not and I was like ah like not real like I wouldn't say that it's a consistent problem I've pointed you know and then, like, they're what's only if it's third and 40, <laughs> yeah, and, and, what's and the name, game's like, on the line, a 55 yard yeah. touchdown run up the middle. And I texted her and was like, Never mind about the tight yeah. ends. Like, <laughs> if, if the other team is in desperate need of a right conversion, Huge chunk then figure, we will, yeah. we will, avoid only if it's third and 40, <laughs> <laughs> we will no. let him gallop down the field. <laughs> and it's like slow motion. You're like, I don't understand how like, no one's what's happening. Right. Yeah. Well, Grace, thanks so much for uh, joining us. We've kept you far longer than we. (laughs) No, this was fun. It was. This was fun. I really appreciate you all. Do you want to shout out uh, the Twitter handle for you for our dear listeners who who want to follow you and your Clemson expertise this weekend? Sure. It's just G M Rayner R A Y N O R. Awesome stuff. And we'll certainly have that on the blog as well. So if you're listening to this on your mobile device, just ring up streaking the line and you'll find those details. Uh, but thanks again so much for, for joining us. And I uh, hope to have you back uh, next time we, we can talk about Clemson and the Who's. Yeah, sure thing. Thank you all for, for having me. Appreciate championship it. championship game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So I hope you guys uh, enjoyed uh, the interview. I, I, I certainly did. Uh, and uh, thanks again uh, to Grace for coming on. Be sure to check her out at The Athletic uh, for uh, more coverage about Clemson and the ACC. Uh, and until next week, uh, you, we all know the, the game, Clemson, Saturday night, uh, prime time for the Who's. Uh, so we'll be back uh, to talk about the aftermath after that. And uh, until then, stay tuned to the blog and go Who's.